68 podcast presented by Men's Sports. I'm joined on the phone by Damien Seabolt. Seabolt, how are you, mate? I am good, mate. I'm going to ask you the question that I've been thinking about the past 24 hours. Can the Knights make a prelim? Yeah, they can. 100% they can. Um, the way Calipong is playing, mate, he, he's outstanding. <laughs> how have they done this? How have they gone from a team that was, you know, in almost coach-sacking territory about 10 weeks ago to now being a genuine sort of... Well, they're in the top four teams in the comp, I've got no question about it. Oh, I agree, mate. I think um, they are one of the best four teams in the comp. And for mine, it's really simple. The bloke we just spoke about, um, it's he is finally playing up to his potential week in, week out. He is so consistent at the moment. Um, so people are, you know, raving about Reese Walsh, and so they should. Reese Walsh is a star. He's an absolute stud of a footballer. And, you know, I think that the the sky for him is, is the limit. Like, there's, you know, he is so good it's not funny. Kalen Ponga is better than him, okay? And at the moment, I'm saying he's better than him because every week he plays exactly the same way. He is outstanding. His errors are gone. They're completely gone from his game. So that's how a team can go from being in coach-tacking territory to best four teams in the comp. One bloke with the ability of, of Karen Ponga. We've seen it plenty of times, you know, when Latrell runs hot, when Tommy Turbo runs hot, um, when when Miss Moses runs hot. They're, they're the types of players that can carry a team on their back and take them to, um, you know, being one of the top two, four teams in the comp. And that's what he's doing. No Jackson Hastings yesterday against South Sydney. And we'll get on to South in a minute, but I just want to focus on Newcastle at the moment. But to get that win without Jackson Hastings, and in the manner that they did it, they're doing a lot of things right off the ball. And you mentioned Ponga there. Of course, he's outstanding. But it, it seems to me that they're not they're not relying on him to, to just carry them. Everyone's putting in in this, in this effort of a team. And that's why he is carrying them because they're not relying on him to carry them, if that makes sense. I know it might be a strange statement. Yep. Because at the end of the day, mate, if he gets injured, they don't win. They don't win a game. Yep. So, and I know that there was a lot of talk about Jackson Hastings and how much he was going to be missed. But if we look back at the last eight to ten weeks of, of Knights footy, Jackson Hastings isn't starring. He's just doing his job. So the whole team are doing their job, and they're allowing Ponga to be great, which is what he is at the moment. Yep. Um, that and Bradman Best as well, with the ability that that, that Ponga has at the moment to, to break the game wide open, it's then attracting more for, uh, more defenders, which then gives Bradman Best a little bit more space, and he's living up to his potential at the moment as well, finally. Yeah, he certainly is. He's turned into one of, if not the best centre in the game at the moment, Bradman Best, certainly the form centre, and his defence is outstanding, isn't it? It is. It's great. And we spoke about it around Origin time. But, you know, um, a lot of journos write a story, and look, you know as well as I do that there's not always a great deal of truth that goes into those stories. It's it's what's, um, oh, what's the hot topic at the moment. They'll grab something and they'll they'll run with it. And for a lot of the, the first eight weeks, the, the hot story was Campbell Graham. Campbell Graham, Campbell Graham, best centre in the comp, best defensive centre in the comp. All you need to do is have a little look at his stats and study some of his games, and that's far from the truth. He misses a lot of tackles. 
you know, I, I'm a big Campbell Graham fan, and I think he will play Origin, and you know, he's already played for Australia, and he'll play a lot more for Australia as well. He, he's a star. But what I'm saying is, players tend to get hyped up, and they get hyped up really, really quickly. Quite often, there's not a great deal of um, you know, fact-finding that goes behind it or a lot of truth to it. It's just, this is what seems to be hot at the moment. Uh, when you dug deep into the Bradman best stats at that time of the year as well, it surprised both of us that he was the best defensive centre in the comp statistically by a long, long way, which, you know, it surprised us. The other stat that we found was that the Knights on their left had conceded the least amount of tries. So the Knights' left edge, even when they weren't going well, had conceded the least amount of tries in the whole comp. And that was the outcome in 12th and 13th. The, there's one stat about the Knights that really sticks out to me. They've only conceded seven tries all year off a kick. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's pretty remarkable, isn't it? Like that that's not just a that's not just a fluke, is it? Like that's that's proper good defence. Yeah, and, and I don't put them up with the you know the Panthers, Broncos, um, Warriors just yet. But they are dead in my mind. They're the they're the fourth best team. Yeah, well, well, how about this? Like, I don't put them in the same class as Penrith defensively, obviously, but they're a they're a um, situational situationally defensively great team, if if that makes sense. So, in their in their own red zone, very hard to crack. Well, that, that's right, mate. And then they frustrate teams. But let's not get too carried away. And I know we're about to talk about it. You're only as good as who you play. And the last few weeks, they haven't played good side. I mean, they destroyed the dogs. The dogs are woeful. The week before that, they fixed up. They just got home, sorry, against the Dolphins. The Dolphins are, they're gone. You know, they, they've been treading water for weeks. Um, and the week before that, I, I'm sure we'll all agree that the Raiders aren't a good footy side. And they smashed the Raiders. Then we fast forward to Sunday. Rabbits aren't good. They are not good at all. But full credit to Knights, they got the job done and, and they did it well. Well, we'll talk about South now. I wrote about this in the paper. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the South win over the Tigers, and that was Latrell's first game back. And Latrell dead set carried them that day to a win. If they if he doesn't play, they don't win. So he, that's how good he was that day. Uh, but I just want to say this. Uh, <laughs> Latrell was spotted during the week at a Luke Combs concert, and he got up in the middle of the concert and had a beer with Luke Combs. Now, I don't care about any of that. Like, you, you know... Free country, you can do what you want. But it certainly isn't a good look, Steves, when he turns around on the weekend in what really is a must-win game and he plays, I would say, the worst game of his career. I would agree. It was the worst game he's ever played. The one bit of positivity or good credit that we need to give Latrell, it wasn't because he wasn't having a crack. He had a red-hot crack yesterday. He was just bad. So that's you know, We need to make sure that we're... We are paying credit where credit's due because a lot of the time he, he cops a bad rap, and rightly so, because he doesn't always keep himself in the contest. And he did try his guts out yesterday, um, but he was terrible. The amount of mistakes he made was just off the chart. I think if they win yesterday, he has a half-decent game. No one even mentions the, the Luke Combs. You know, going of course, on. of course. But he's a 26-year-old man. We're adults, we're men. Who doesn't like to have a, you know, the odd beer during the week? These blokes are professional athletes. I'm sure they would have the odd beer at times during the week. So that's, you know, I'm neither here nor there. It's just the look of it, getting up on stage, sculling, 
doubts are going terrible, and then to turn up on on Sunday and, as you said, have probably the worst game he's ever played. All of that aside, the thing that disappointed me the most about Luttrell on Sunday or yesterday afternoon was the petulant behaviour and the, you know, what the game was gone, there was a minute to go, so he just goes to try and elbow Tyson Prevell's head off. Why? What's the point? Let's call a spade a spade. It was a grub act. Of course it was. Yep. Of course it was. And it's not, not the first time he, he's done it. And I, I love Latrell. I reckon he's great. Yep. Um, but it, that was just, that was rubbish. Like, it was something that you would expect from the late 70s, early 80s. If you did that to someone in the street, you'd be locked up. <laughs> and I know that, that, you know, talk about that argument, like, people will jump on me, whatever. It's not on the street, it's in the, you know, the confines of a rugby league field, which makes it even worse. Yep. You know, it's it, it, it's just, and the NRL only given him one week, please. Yep. Well, he's he, he's going to fight it, and you know the. <laughs> no, there's no way on earth he gets off that. He looks at him, he bites down on his mouth guard, he aims, and then it goes up. And you know the fact that he didn't make contact properly—that's just luck for Frizzell. Yeah. Otherwise, sure. So South have a bye this week, and then they play the Roosters. Unfortunately for South, the Roosters and the Cowboys play two teams who they both should beat. And then uh, I think it all is going to come down to that Roosters-South game to see who makes the top eight out of those two teams. I don't think the Cowboys will make it. But it'll come down to the Roosters-South game. But with South, the way they're going at the moment, the bye came at the right time, but no Latrell just cancels all that out. Yeah, it does. It does, mate. I mean, you know... None, none of those teams, Cowboys, Souths um, or Roosters, they don't deserve to make the finals. One of them is going to. Yeah. Um, who's your tip? Out of those three, who makes Oh, I think it? the Roosters. Well, I, I'd strongly favour the Roosters at the moment. And the Souths with no Latrell, I just cannot... And Souths have a pretty good record over the Roosters in recent times, but no Latrell and the way that they're going at the moment, like... I thought Damien Cook was really good yesterday, but yeah, apart yeah. apart from him, he was a lone soldier in a, in a group of people who started off the season eight and three. They were premiership favourites at one stage heading into Origin. They were eight and three. Since then, they've gone four and eight. You want my tip of the year? Yes. <laughs> at five dollars ten, the Tigers beat the Roosters this week. <laughs> that, well, that would just throw a spanner in the works. Oh, it? It is, it's feel free. Give it to me next week when uh, when it's wrong. But that's my tip of the year. No Teddy. If Sam Walker comes back, it's just absolutely ridiculous because um, Drew Hutchinson's been really, really good for him. He's steering the ship around. He's a he's a traditional half, and he's freeing up uh, Luke Keary to play footy that Luke Keary can play. So I'd yeah early without knowing what teams are going to be, I could throw twenty on on the Tigers at five ten. Uh, the other game I want to talk about is the Melbourne game. Melbourne have had games this year against the Bulldogs, the Titans, the Cowboys, and the Dragons now. Uh, that, and that's just what I can think of off the top of my head, where they've gone out heavy, heavy favourites, 14-plus point favourites. And I know that they got the win over the Dragons, but they lost every single one of those other games. And in the end, their attack wasn't a problem. They scored a lot of points. It's just that they conceded points like a sieve. They, their defensive issues against these woeful teams, surely it's just a complacency thing. 
Yeah, which is which is strange. It was something that you would never expect or even contemplate saying about a Melbourne side that you know that they're complacent. But I don't know what it is because, like you said, they're conceding way too many points against teams that struggle to score at times. And um, I, I don't know. I, I just think any team that's got Cameron Munster in it, they're a chance of winning any game. So they're going to make the finals. All he needs to do is do Cameron Munster things, and and they win whatever game they're playing. But I just don't think I don't think they're very good. They get Ryan Pappenhausen back this week. He's tipped to be named in the seventeen for Melbourne. Uh, coming off the bench, how how much would it add defensively to the team? Because I don't think it tacks the problem. Yeah, the it, it could. Well, I don't think it. We, it I don't think we can expect miracles in attack straight away either. I mean, it's going to be third game, fourth game back, so you know he's still going to be finding his feet. I don't know what Nick Meaney's like as a um, organizer from the back, um, so I can't you know comment too much on whether it's going to improve it. From what I understand, Pappenhausen is a, a pretty handy organizer of the defensive line, so you know he he may he may help out in that respect, but. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a little bit unknown at the moment. And what you got to remember is that it's not like Manny filled in for five weeks. He's been doing it for over a year, and he has Billy Slater, you know, at his beck and call to to help him with his defensive splits and organising the side. And you know, Manny's a good footballer, and he's improving out of sight. So that tells me that he can learn, and he takes on you know things that he's been taught. So yeah, I don't know. Seems we'll take a quick break and be back with the topic that we've avoided all podcasts, and that is the Manly Seagulls. Six to Go is proudly supported by our friends at Mint Sports. And if you're after a bit of humour in your sports life, maybe try out one of their podcasts, maybe daily. To baseball. So they had the All Star weekend this week to break things up. Yeah, that should break it up. That should break up the 182 <laughs> game. game season. Game More of baseball. baseball. <laughs> Guys, there's a lot of baseball going on. How do we break it up? Do you want to have another hit? Sure. Sounds good. Everyone gets a week off. Awesome. I haven't seen Dad in seven months. Oh, no, no. He's got to play in the All-Star game. Everyone else gets the week off. The baseballers have to keep playing. Back with the 60 Go podcast presented by Men's Sports. On to the top five now. We're going to do our top five most disappointing teams. For, for 2023 and Steve's this is funny because like we could look like a goose at the end of this because well, one of these teams could win a premiership like because <laughs> yeah. one of them is still in contention that's for sure they, they could they won't <laughs> alright here we go number five who you got number five oh, I've got a slashy oh, I can't split the dogs and tigers they're, yeah they're so much promise so much you know Goodwill being spoken about and written about, but they're, they're both just, they're yuck. They're, <laughs> like, they haven't improved. The the dogs are, with their roster, they should be, they should be in that group of six teams that up until the weekend just gone were a chance of still making the eight. And, and then they're nowhere near it. So they're there. And the Tigers haven't improved one bit. And they've already then had another coach get, get punted. So... Yeah, that's a flashy for me. The dogs for me, uh, you bring in Kikau. No, Kikau was injured, but every team has injuries. You bring in Reed Marnie, one of the Premier Nines in the comp. Uh, You'd think that they would get a little bit better, but they really haven't. So the dogs for me at number five, who you got it for? Uh, Just just on the dogs, before we 
people jump into four. I, I reckon blokes like Matt Burton and, and Reed Marnie have actually gone backwards. I'd agree. I, I think Matt Burton is actually... I, I've thought about this a lot. I think he's a centre. Of course he is. Yeah. He, he, he's a centre that could fill in and play, do a handy job um, at fullback or, or in the halves when you know your regular fullback or half is out. But he's an out-and-out centre, and he's a great centre. I am surprised that they haven't done the the fullback experiment with Matt Burton, but uh, yes, uh, certainly a centre for me. Your number four? Number four for me, it hurts, but it's Parramatta. <laughs> so for me, the only reason they're not higher is um, based on you know, roster. So Paris should have made the eight. They fall support, you know, regardless of, of who they've got there. But if you look at the, the quality players that they've they've lost. From that grand final side last year, you know, Reed Marnie, Isaiah Papali'i, just to, to name two, and, and they're two guys that were stars last year for them. Um, yeah, they didn't have a stronger a roster, but they've certainly been very disappointing, and, and it upsets me deeply. No, number four for me is the Cowboys. Uh, they built so much. Uh, goodwill last season, uh, being as fit as they were and just outlasting teams uh, a lot of the time last year. And then to come out of the block so slowly this year and just put themselves in such a hole, they had to they had to win seven or eight in a row and they're still not probably going to make finals. So, uh, cows for me. So, who you got at three? Um, I have got the Cowboys at three and, and the reason why they're ahead of Para is... I'm going to name some blokes for you. Scott Drinkwater, Belungi, Valentine Holmes, Tom Dearden, Reese Robson, Tamalolo, which is an exception, but Tamalolo, Jeremiah Nanai, Ruben Cotter, Colin Hess. What have they all got in common? Uh, they would have played most games. They've played Origin, all of them. All of them have played and when you throw in Camelolo as being, you know, a test captain, um, that is a, a squad that should be pushing for the top four every single year. And um, everything you said before, I agree with. They don't look as fit as last year. And, um, yeah, they're, they're my number three most disappointing side. I got Parramatta at three. I just think they've just, every member of Parramatta has shot themselves in the foot at some stage this season. And it started in the preseason when Ryan Madison took the suspension over the fine. Like, that's how far we're going back here. But, uh, yeah, look, certainly a disappointing campaign for both the Eels and the Cowboys. Who you got at two? Two is the Rabbitohs. Um, you know, they're, they're just not playing good footy. They've gone backwards a long way. Their attack doesn't, doesn't look anywhere near as good as it normally does. Um, things look disjointed. You know, they're leaking really soft tries that they wouldn't um, leak in the past. Even when they had those patches where they didn't care team scored 30, they were going to score 32. They became a really good defensive side at different times over the last five, six years. Um, and they're not at the moment, so they're, they're two for me. Yeah, the Rabbitohs are probably in the bottom four or five teams at the moment. And to, to say that that they could be a part of this list after being eight and three is quite remarkable, isn't it? But uh, that's where we are at the moment. At, the, at two, I've got the Tigers uh, look, you bring in Papali'i, you bring in Clemmer, you bring in uh, Api Corosau, that transforms your forward line. Another year with Stefano, he's meant to be the me- next big thing. And you unlock Jareem Buller and you're still only winning four games for the year. That's pretty pretty ordinary, in my opinion. You punt another coach because, of course, the coaches are the problem. So, uh, yes, uh, the Tigers are it for me. I think we both might have the number one, though. 
they would be the Roosters. Yeah. Yeah. So the Roosters are, well, I think they were a lot of good judges, premiership favourites. Um, 99% of people who know anything about footy had them making the top four. So the, the fact that they will need, um, you know, they need luck, things to go their way, win their last two games just to be a chance of making the final, it's not good enough. Yeah, they've got they've got two golden boot winners. They've got the the New Zealand Test Nine. They've got a star of forward pack, star outside backs. They're meant to have the next big thing in Joseph Suli'i and to not be in the top eight at all for the year, really. Like I don't think they've spent a week inside the top eight. So well, it's, it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's crazy, mate. Like you, and especially when you think of things like. Again, be real quick with this, but the blokes I'm about to name have won positional Daily M awards over the last five or six years. So Tedesco, Tupo, Manu, Kiri, Brandon Smith. Maria Hargreaves would be there. Okay. Yeah, exactly right. Um, and I, I think the world of Nat Butcher, Angus Crichton. Uh, Crichton's a, a kangaroo. Yep. So, so Victor Radley, he's deteriorated a fair bit, to be honest. But Victor Radley has been one of the best locks in the game for the last few years. Yeah, he looks like a shell of himself now. He scares the judiciary, Victor Radley. Yeah, he scares the judiciary, and I, I, I don't know. He looks like someone who's overthinking everything as well. Even with the footy, he seems to have the fumbles a little bit now, and um, not making the right decision with with his passing game. He just needs a bit of confidence back, Victor. He's too good to, to not not play well. Yeah, we'll, we'll do our top five most impressive teams uh, compared to preseason standards uh, next week. But uh, to finish off, we'll we'll talk about the big topic of the week, uh, and that was uh, the Manly Seagulls lost to the Warriors. Really brave, Manly was. Um, and in in the end, they, they got a dud call. Of course they did. And I don't want like, you know, people to think of just saying it because it's the team of other coaches. But that was... So, so strange. I, I was sitting at a, um, a rugby league dinner on Friday night. So there was people who know a bit about footy and at least play a lot and watch a lot of footy. So yeah, the people at the table, we were, we had the game there. We were watching it. Out of the, the 10 people at, at our table, all 10 fell left penalty straight away. Four or five of the boys that were sitting there actually were talking about 10 in the bin, or is that a send-off? The way he hooked his, his foot at the last minute and put him in such a dangerous position, one of the boys even threw out, oh, that could even be a send-off. But, the, you know, 50% of the table thought that it was a 10 in the bin and 100% of the table thought it was a penalty. And I get that, you know, it's not the um, contesting the bomb rule and you're not jumping in the air, but it's dangerous. It's as simple as that. that he was put in a dangerous position. That, that's it. It's, Cut and dry, penalty. It's actually the definition of the law. Like no, no law needs to be changed. Like I, I've seen a report today. Peter Volandi's come out and said that they're open to a law change to yeah, to make sure that's a penalty. Like it is the law. He put him in a dangerous position. Simple as that. You tackle someone, you hit someone that hard that they sometimes will, you know, fold in half and and come over the top of you and and land on the the upper part of their back or or even head. It's not intentional. They're not, they're not lifting. But, unfortunately, the, the bloke with the footy got put in a dangerous position. So, yeah, it's uh, just so... so uh, it'd uh, be frustrating for, for Manly, Anthony, all the players involved because 
you know, they, they weren't going to be guaranteed of winning that game, but they should have been in a position to be up by two with 10 minutes to go, well, eight minutes to go. Well, <laughs> doing this podcast, I almost had a heart attack when I was calling your number because I started dialing Anthony's number because you're both next to each other in my phone. So I, was, I got very scared very quickly because I can imagine the frustration he would be feeling and they're, they're playing for their season like they're, they're like they're just they're only human like they they realize what what was what was at stake with that game and and the fact that they were like i think anthony said that they've got eight of their starting 17 out at the moment and reuben garrick's got to be under a question mark you'd think so they've got eight or nine out of their starting 17 and most notably tom travojevich who is basically everything really and so to be putting up these tough performances against top four teams, which, like your brother said, you need, sometimes you need the the bounce of the ball to go your way. And when you don't get an obvious call like that, oh, geez, what do you do? And I reckon he, because he obviously, was pretty obvious, he had the shit. (laughs) Anyone would have. But um, I think off the back of feeling frustrated from the week before where they, they upset the apple cart a little bit, they they threw caution to the wind against Penrith and it it was coming off and then, you know, the, the Liam Martin knock-on that didn't get called. So there's probably a couple of things that have bubbled along there over the week in the back of his mind. And I actually, uh, I don't think he would have been out of line to go even a little bit harder on Friday night. Yeah. But he's a, he's a tight ass, so he probably didn't want to have it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's a tough position to be in. I don't envy them. Whatsoever, whatsoever. Uh, Steve, that'll just about do it for us today, mate. Good to talk to you. Thanks, Tom.